The Force is what gives the Jedi his power. It surrounds us. It binds the galaxy together. You will be tempted by the dark side. You are the chosen one! You must confront Vader. That boy is our last hope. Welcome, everyone, from across the universe to the Wampa's Lair podcast. Star Wars is for everyone, so pull up a chair, get comfortable, and join the conversation with your hosts, Carl LeClaire and Jason Hunt, here in the Wampa's Lair. Everyone, and welcome back to another exciting episode of the Wampa's Lair podcast. This is episode number 418, Galactic Highlights Part 3. I'm, as always, one of your hosts, Jason Hunt, and with me, the Cassian Andor to my K2SO, we have Carl LeClaire. Better apologize for that slap, Jason. <laughs> I mean, don't, you know, silence! <laughs> Silence, Carl. <laughs> we are taking them to prison to imprison them in prison. In prison, yes. Uh, <laughs> that answer was vague and unconvincing. Uh, <laughs> uh, I cannot wait to get some more of their banter in that Cassian show coming out soon. Oh, man, it's going to be so good. It's going to be so good. Uh, uh, yes, yes, it is. Um Jason, I'm excited to be back and finish out kind of this uh, little journey we've been taking for the last couple of weeks where we've just, you know, been looking back over our fandom from its earliest days. And then today we'll finish out by talking about where our modern fandom is and and specifically those those moments from either the movies or the fan experience that really pulled us deeper into our love of Star Wars. I have loved doing this the past couple of weeks. Um, I always love taking those trips down memory lane and this is even, even though most of this stuff is relatively recent that we'll be talking about tonight, I'm still really excited because there's been, I would say the last decade of my fandom has been some of the most exciting part of my fandom. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And, uh, a lot of this is what we're, you know, we're doing all of this as our sort of our, our kickoff to celebrating 10 years of the Wampus Lair podcast, which will be in October. Yes, it's March, but. (laughs) <laughs> I think I think with ten years coming up, we have the right to celebrate as long as we want. Um, <laughs> I I don't disagree, um, Jason. I really quick before we start getting into uh, the nitty gritty of the show here, 
we don't normally give news updates because that's just not what we do on the show unless it's big stuff. But something was announced today that might not be big to some folks, but Jason, it's huge to me. And I just got to just, you know, point out that we finally got confirmation today that on April 2nd, Disney Plus will be adding the two Ewok movies, Caravan of Courage, Battle for Endor, as well as the Ewok cartoon. Yub nub. Jason, I'm so excited. Yup, yup. Eat chop. Yup, nub. <laughs> I can't. I don't know the rest of it. Um, <laughs> Better than anything I could do. But yeah, I, <laughs> you know, this is a question that folks have been asking for a while. Like, where's the Ewoks? Where's droids? Um, and weirdly, droids is not on the list as of yet. Um, I'm sure we'll see it soon enough. But all the Ewok properties are coming, and I'm so excited because I love those movies and that cartoon. Um, and also, we're getting the Gendy Tarakoski series also added to Disney Plus on the, on April 2nd. Um, and I know a lot of folks love that one, too. So it, just some great new Star Wars content from from back in the day uh, coming to yes. Disney Plus. I'm so excited. Yeah, yeah, no, I'm I'm looking forward to it too. Um, I've never watched any of the Ewoks TV series. I watched uh, Battle for Endor for the first time last year. I think it was. I've still yet to see Caravan of Courage though. So, Caravan yeah. of Courage is slow, <laughs> um, to say That's the least. So it's Caravan of Courage is very fantasy um it's very fun it's a very fantasy adventure i actually think you're gonna i think you'll actually really like it jason based on what i know of you while i'm not a lord of the rings person by any stretch i feel like it's the most akin to lord of the rings of anything in star wars um so i i feel like you might might really get into it and the interesting thing is is um my favorite star wars movie if I'm being honest, actually, I can't believe I didn't share this in our first highlight show, but my first favorite Star Wars movie uh, when I was like eight, nine years old was actually Ewoks, the Battle for Endor. I loved that movie so much. We rented that from the <laughs> local video store. I can't even tell you how many times. So loved it. Loved <laughs> it. So it was, it was better than I thought it was when I saw it last year. So I was like, it's better than I thought it was going to be. I was pleasantly surprised. Yeah. So, yeah. So I'm, and I got really into the Ewoks cartoon after we went to the, did our Redwood excursion last two summers ago now, Jeepers. Um, but I came home all in love with Ewoks and, and binged both seasons a few times that summer. Um, so I'm so excited right now that I want to go start watching tonight, but it's like, no, just wait a couple more weeks and then I can have, then I'll, then I'll sit down and watch them on Disney plus. Ooh, <laughs> there we I go. Mean, they've been on YouTube in for glory. Years. Gee. Yeah, I'm open. So, um, but fingers crossed. <laughs> so, uh, that's just uh, that's just one little bit I wanted to get because we're the e e e e walks where the tribe from the forest moon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, and you're welcome. Uh, so. Yeah. I've I've heard that the Ewoks cartoon is kind of just like Care Bears in space, but they, that's totally fine. That's so not true. It's the first <laughs> the, the first season legit. Jason, I'm gonna I'm gonna say probably the most ridiculous thing ever on the podcast, and we may lose some folks after I make the statement, but I stand by it. The first season of Ewoks to me is better than any season of Star Wars Rebels. Um. 
I prefer the stories so much more. Wow. So I know that's probably blasphemy to so many of you listening right now, and it's not meant to be a slam on Rebels. Um, but Rebels is not my favorite Star Wars thing. And the Ewoks cartoon is one of my favorite things. So I just uh, I'd rather sit down and rewatch the season one of Ewoks any day to anything from Rebels. So, and I do. I've I've watched the season. I've watched season one of Ewoks quite a bit in the last year and a half. Um, I have not watched through Rebels once since it's come to Disney Plus. So. Well, so and yeah. there you have it, folks. Yeah. <laughs> Um, start. We're going to start the show with some with some blasphemy. Blasphemy, Kanan Jarrus, Jedi Knight, <laughs> Carla Claire, you fool! No, I, I don't know. I'm just oh my blathering goodness. at this point. But um, um, so yeah, we just yeah. I just wanted to share that update because I am very excited and I have the ability to talk about Star Wars each week. So I'm going to just say something, <laughs> and you have every right to be excited. So, um. I'm I'm looking forward to to going back and seeing some of all of some of this stuff, but uh, I can't say I'm gonna rush out like a new season of Clone Wars or something like that, but or Mandalorian for that matter. Gosh, that's uh. that's fair. That's fair. Very, I mean, very different stories. That's for sure. <laughs> that is. Um, cool. So, be, but we should probably get on with what we are doing here. Yeah, yeah. So we are coming up to the end of the This Is Madness tournament. Next week, we'll we'll be up to the finals already. So next week, we're going to do an episode on whatever the top four uh, scenes left are. So whatever makes the top four, we are going to have an in-depth discussion about those four scenes on next week's episode. And we'll also announce the winner of the tournament. Yes, uh, assuming that there's a clear winner when we record. Right. So... Because the final uh, is going to be voted on the day we record mm-hmm. next week. Uh, so if there's a clear winner uh, in in what we've got so far up to that point when we're recording, we'll announce it. We'll at least announce who's winning at the time uh, of recording. So Right, right. <clears throat> so So look forward to that. Thank you to all of you who've been playing along, um, whether it's on Twitter or Instagram have loved the amount of folks playing along this year. And and I, for one, have had fun doing it. So, um, so thank you to all of you who also have. I've had a lot of fun doing it too. Although I'm, I'm a little disappointed, um, in, in how the two scenes that are being voted on today are going very sad <laughs> that you is losing to Kanan Jarrus right now. Oh, I, I'm not surprised. Kanan is, it, it, you know, as much as I just kind of share how Rebels isn't my favorite, Kanan, however, is one of my favorite characters in all of Star Wars. So um, to me, that, that moment is, is, is head and shoulders above Chirrut, Chirrut's March. And, and I love Chirrut's March, but that was, a, that was a clear favorite for me today. So, but anyway, um, yeah, we will have the, the winner for that announced next week. And also, just to kind of end the the galactic storytelling um, is kind of a way to say thank you to everybody who's kind of listened to this more personal side of our Star Wars experience. Uh, we're going to do another giveaway that we'll announce on next week's episode. We have a uh, Black Series Din Djarin with Child Target exclusive figure. Um, these things are hard to find, but I was able to, with the help of my buddy Greg, I was able to secure an extra one so that we can use it as a giveaway on the show. So all you need to do in order to be entered to win, um, we're going to make a tweet about it. 
uh, later this week. So you can, you know, retweet it, like it, all that stuff. Um, you can share the post from Instagram or you can write us a review in the iTunes store. So three ways to, to enter to win that. Yeah. And we'll announce the winner of that next week. Mm-hmm. So keep an eye out for that. Uh, I'm a little jealous. Who, whoever's going to get this. Not going to lie. Not going to lie. But that's awesome. <laughs> you can enter. I mean, I, well, I, I could enter. Could. That's possible. true. It's Is possible. that fair, though? Is that fair? Well, I feel like if you won, people would probably say it's not, but, <laughs> but I mean, it is literally just a random thing that I pick. So, but true, um, true. But uh, Jason, for the moments that I'll be talking about tonight, I'm basically looking at the years of 2010 through 2019 um, slash 2020, I guess. So it's pretty much 2010 to, to present for me, the things that I'm going to be looking at. Um, what, where, what's the time frame for you? About the same? About the same, yeah. Uh, 2011 to uh, now, I guess. Although I think my last moment I've got on here is 2019. So Okay. Um, there was a lot to do 2020-wise, uh, shall we say. Uh, <laughs> Ain't that the truth. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah, so this is going to be, you know, um, a lot of big stuff happened, I would say, probably for both of us. So I'm sure we'll share a lot of similar things uh, mm-hmm. uh, on, on tonight's episode. But, Jason, uh, I'm this era of Star Wars is all about kind of finding your dyad in the force. I found my dyad in the force during this era. I found you to do a podcast with for, for over nine years now. This is, this is a year about, you know, just finding those people to connect with in star Wars. You might say they're your mirror. That's right, Jason. Good old Justin Timberlake bringing it in with those mirrors. Oh man, gosh, just what a, it was Take a great, back. that was a great pop hit in like 2013, I believe. So it's right in that that oh, the meat of meat of great fun pop music. Gosh, it just takes me back to last week when we played in sync. You know, yeah. I wanted just, to have a through. I wanted to have a through. You know, a thread through the last two weeks. <laughs> so I figured I, I good old good old Justin Timberlake would help me with that. Good old JT. So, all right. Um, but yeah, that's uh, <laughs> now that we are now sent our our minds back to you know yesteryear with that. Um, do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Oh, I'm trying to remember who went first last week. Do you remember? I think you did. Okay. So why don't you kick us off? All right. Um, I think there's a good chance that this first one is going to be the same for both of us. Um, and it really is the, you know, couple month period in which I went to fan days 2011 and then we started the podcast. Um, so 
because Fan Days 2011 comes around. I'm supposed to go with a friend um, who has to cancel last minute because of work conflicts. Uh, so I go alone. Um, I blow a tire on the drive from San Antonio to Dallas uh, and had to replace it and another tire that was getting ready to blow um, <laughs> on the drive up. So you came in that. I, it, <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. Uh, and it almost didn't make it. Um, Leia would have been right to be concerned. Uh, so, um, but I get there and I, I meet the Sarlacc pit guys, uh, Chris and Matt Cranky, um, who I also knew through Frontlines, the Clone Wars podcast, which I told everybody last week I was uh, pretty heavily involved with at the time as well. So uh, I met them and lo and behold, there's this other guy just sort of hanging around the periphery with them. um, Like I was, and his name was Carl LeClaire. And (laughs) we, we kind of were like left alone because they had to go interview some of the, the uh, the people for their podcast. And so we kind of were just like left to wander the convention floor and left to our own devices. And we're like, well, I just met you. Uh, let's go see what's what this is all about. It was my first ever convention that I'd been to. So that was a big deal for me. Uh, I had no idea what to expect. And here I am in a city by myself, going to a convention by myself, um, with nobody to kind of help me figure out what this is all about. And I get thrown in with Carl. And we hit it off, like, almost from... Hello. So uh, it was it was kind of pretty remarkable. Um and then of course that led to us chatting afterwards and us uh, starting the podcast uh which is still crazy to me that that was going to be, you know, going to be 10 years in October since we started this thing. Um but that all came out of Star Wars Fan Days in Dallas, Texas. In August of 2011. That's right. That was in August. Mm-hmm. I thought it was in the. I thought it was in the fall, though. I thought it was in like October. Oh no, no, it was yeah. like. And- yeah, how would it have been October? Because yeah. we started the show in October. Duh, we had to have met before that. Yeah. Good point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, actually, that were that. So I was wrong because I was actually I had something different to bring up first, but that because oh. I'm, I'm but I'm I'm going. Um, you know, chronologically, like, like you have been, and I was wrong that the thing I was going to mention first actually did come second. So I will just continue the conversation and I'm going to kind of lump celebrations into fan days. Cause I'm not going to talk about each celebration. Um, but yeah, again, like going to fan days was such an incredible experience. Um, you know, I, I found star Wars podcasts, um, earlier that year, I it just like, cause I was taking a lot of like long car rides back to New York from Boston. And I was like, ah, I'm sick of just listening to music for five hours. Like, Oh, podcasts are a thing. And I downloaded a bunch of star Wars podcasts, most of which I didn't like, except for this one Sarlacc pit. And I really, really loved their show and reached out to them, got to be on the show. And they, Matt and Chris invited me to go to this thing called fan days, which was a lifelong dream of mine. I always wanted to go to a star Wars convention. Um, so this was that opportunity and went out there. And I think the coolest thing 
that I experienced at fan days, which has then grown in subsequent celebrations, is that I finally, like, I met a Star Wars, I became part of this Star Wars community. And I even, over time, after going to, you know, several more celebrations, doing this podcast with you and connecting with other podcasters, kind of built a Star Wars family, right? We, a lot of, a lot of fans talk about how we kind of have our Star Wars family and that happened, you know, because of fan days um, and because of this podcast. Um, it's probably the most important thing that's happened ever in my fandom. Um, and it was, yeah. it was awesome. And like, just to, you know, back up what you were saying, it was the same thing with you. When I met you, I was like, who is this guy? He's so cool. He has such a different and interesting perspective on Star Wars. Um, and it was just like, hey, do you want to maybe start a podcast? Because obviously I was going back to Boston. You were going back to Texas at the time. And it's like, I want to stay in touch. Let's do a podcast. And we were just like, yeah, let's do it. And I just gave you my number and, and we connected and just <laughs> just got to work. Baby, hey, I just met you. Yeah, and you did. You called me, and we made a podcast. You know, we did. So. We did. Um, yeah, it was rough at first. Uh, not gonna lie. Oh my but gosh, here we yeah. are. Yeah, I've ten years later. A few times it was just. Oh yeah. <laughs> Sometimes I've gone back and listened to some of our early, early episodes, and I'm like, oh my god, these are so bad. Um, between just kind of crummy audio and the two of us being very awkward and very new to it. And not to say that we're like professionals now, but experience breeds some level of confidence. So, yeah. Um, and the fact that we uh, now know each other well enough to be able to bounce off of each other a lot easier now, uh, you know, it just, we were still not only new to podcasting in general, because none of us, neither of us ever done it, but we were also still new to each other. And yeah. each other's opinions and fandom and how we would react to, you know, the different opinions and things, you know, the different takes and stuff like that. So it was, it was very sort of hesitant, I want to say is a good word, um, kind of out the gate, but uh, we kept at it. And here we are all these years later. And, you know, this is one of the highlights of my week is getting to podcast with Carl. So. Yeah. Yeah, likewise, it's 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 been a for it's been a constant highlight for so long now, and I'm so lucky to have it. Um, and you know, we we do that. It's been a little bit since we've done our segment, Tales of the Larians, but I'm excited to say it'll be back at the end of the month um, with a fantastic uh -huh. guest. Um, but uh, one of the questions we ask on there is, "How did you play Star Wars when you were young? How do you play Star Wars now?" And this podcast is the like. I think the most incredible way in which I play Star Wars um, because I get to play yeah. with intellectual thoughts. I get to bounce them off someone who thinks differently about Star Wars. Um, we get to have guests on here and friends of the show who also think very differently about Star Wars. So it's so much fun to do this stuff. Um, it really is. And it all stems from a conversation at Whataburger. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> And as we drove there, um, I had to hold the felt ceiling up of Jason's car because it kept coming down. I really felt like I was in the yeah. Millennium Falcon. It was awesome. So <laughs> Embarrassing and no, terrible. Didn't, um, hey, I didn't have a car at all. So, hey, you got one up on me. <laughs> but, and this um, was before, like, Uber was really a thing. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you drove us everywhere, like, basically Whataburger. And, yeah, it was great. Mm -hmm. So much fun. Yeah. But um, anyway, the 
should I go to my next one? Yeah, yeah, go ahead. Um, well, I'm going to separate out Celebration for this one because Celebration 6 was my first Star Wars Celebration. And there was a difference between Fan Days and Star Wars Celebration. Like, Fan Days was fun, but it was a lot smaller, much more intimate. Uh, I think the biggest guest there was um, Billy D. Williams, you know, and a couple of the, the Clone Wars voice actors were there, which was really cool. But going to Celebration 6, just a huge convention center, um, you know, and getting to really kind of see the extent of what a Star Wars convention was blew me out of the water, you know. And it was, uh, you know, the farthest trip I had taken by myself from home, uh, you know, that sort of thing. And I, you know, flew out to Florida. It was in Orlando at the time. And, you know, Carl and I had a blast out there um but it really was sort of a a big new thing and i was like okay i if i can help but i can't miss another one of these again (laughs) so um and and i haven't uh in terms of celebrations in the u.s so i did not go to celebration london or europe i should say uh although that would have been really fun to do Mm. so yeah but sorry yeah, no. So, and in subsequent celebrations, um, it really is a big sort of. While yes, it's it's great being able to go and see trailers and panels with some of our favorite actors and creatives in Star Wars and getting, um, you know, autographs. That's one of the things I like to do: autographs and and uh, photo ops. Um, while it's that is completely awesome to do. What is more important about these conventions is getting the ability to reconnect in person with all of my, my star Wars family, uh, which just seems to keep growing every year. Cause somebody else enters the family, if you will. So there's more and more people I have to try and make sure I get to see at least once uh, during the convention. So, and they're getting so big, it's getting hard to do. Yep. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I think Celebration 6 was my favorite um, celebration simply because it, was, it wasn't quite as big. Um, and this is before the Disney buyout, so there wasn't the fervor about Star Wars at the time either. So uh, things had kind of calmed a little bit. And it was just a lot of fun people getting together. And um, it was really just a great time to, to form those relationships. Um, why Celebration 6 really kind of sticks in my mind as one of my favorite celebration experiences in general. So, Yeah, they've all been wonderful and, and unique, and they're, everyone has been unique from the other. Um, yeah. But, you know, kind of what I just said in talking with the Fan Day stuff, you know, thanks to Fan Days and then all the subsequent celebrations, like it, you've built this Star Wars family of people that you really become close to and you stay in touch with, even though you don't see each other, but every, you know, year or two. Um, and I, I would say every sub celebration in some way feels like a, a family reunion that I want to go to because yeah. <laughs> yeah. a lot of family reunions I don't want to go to. Um, but this kind of family reunion. Yeah. Yeah. I want to be there. Absolutely. And, and it's gotten to the point now where that's really the main part. And one of the only parts I've come to like celebration. Chicago was my least favorite celebration by a long shot um as far as the 
events go. Um, and that was kind of my wake up call of like, Hey, I've got enough folks now. Like we should all just get together and do something maybe different moving forward. Um, because the celebrations are getting a little too big for my, <laughs> for, for my taste. Um, but, uh, I, the thing that I love most and the only part that I want to continue to try to do every year is to see the, see the, see the star Wars family. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, yeah, they're, they're just such great events. It really are. Um, so that's my number two. What what's, what's your number two, Carl? Um, well, I thought it was going to be the first thing to mention, but this came out in September of 2011 and it was the release of the Blu-ray saga set. I would the, remember the book, you know, had that awesome artwork of on the front of, you know, Anakin, walk, young Anakin walking towards you while Luke's walking away. Beautiful, beautiful Blu-ray set. And uh, this came out on September 16th, 2011. And that was a Friday. And I remember this was my uh, second year of, of teaching high school. And I remember I was like, thank God it's a Friday because, you know, I knew it was going to arrive at my house sometime Friday. And I rushed home from work. Like I, I, I vividly remember a few students like coming to my desk at the end of the day, like, cause it was a Friday and like, Oh, Mr. LeClaire, let's chat. And I'm like, sorry, gotta go. <laughs> um, and just kind of booked it. Um, and as soon as I got home, you know, it was, the package was waiting there for me. And Jason, it was the first time in my life that I did a star Wars marathon. I'd never done one before. Um, so that week now I, I I can't sit and watch subsequent movies in a row anymore. I just don't have the attention for it. Um, but that weekend, I mean, I spent, I think that Friday night, I just watched Empire Strikes Back. But then I did the original trilogy in its entirety Saturday and then the prequel trilogy in its entirety on Sunday. And it was the first time I'd ever done any sort of Star Wars marathon. And it was this really unique experience of kind of falling in love with Star Wars all over again. Um, up to that point, like I would watch Star Wars movies every now and then. Um but it was just like this experience of like, hey, I want to just sit down and watch all these movies and watch them all together. And it, again, I, it was something I had never done. Even as a kid, like I would a lot of times I would watch Empire Strikes Back one week, one day of the weekend and then Return of the Jedi the following. But I never did like all of them in a row like that. And it was awesome. And and ever since then, I've constantly trying like new ways of marathoning Star Wars. Like I did the machete order, um, the proper machete order, which does not get rid of Phantom Menace because that's just stupid. Um, Phantom Menace is. is so integral to Star Wars. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I've done things where I've watched like the first episode of each of each trilogy and then, you know, like just trying to f- find creative ways to watch the marathons. And it all started because of that Blu-ray home release, uh, just sitting down and being like, wow, I, I can marathon star Wars. And I sometimes want to, like, it's not something I do regularly because I feel like it's, it would get taxing. Um, but it's like this nice fun Mm -hmm. thing to do. Like at the start of the pandemic last year for nine days in a row, I watched, you know, episodes one through nine. And, and I loved that. It was the perfect amount of time. Like it was just one movie a day. Um, so it's, I'm always curious other people's ways of doing Star Wars marathons too. So if, if you're, you know, if you're listening right now and you have like a fun, unique way that you've done a marathon before, please let us know. I always love to hear how other folks do that. Yeah. Now I was very late to the Blu-ray train um, because I didn't have a Blu-ray player uh, for the longest time. I think I only, I mean, I didn't have a Blu-ray player until I got my PS4 just uh, about mm, three, four years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was only then that I got my Blu-ray copies. 
Um, and then, of course, now I can just pull it up on my phone uh, and watch it on Disney Plus if I want to. <laughs> yeah. uh, so, uh, but I do have some nice. Uh, I think I got the steel books for the Blu-rays. I got the steel books for the original. Those are nice. six. Yeah. Uh, so they were really pretty. They are, uh, but they're pretty. up there on my shelf right now. So I, I, I snagged those for the Blu-ray, um, the, the original trilogy Blu-ray copies. And of course, uh, then the rest of them are just the, you know, the, the Blu-ray combo pack. Um, yeah. That came out with each subsequent, uh, subsequent movie release. So, yeah. But, oh, sometimes I wish, I wish the steelbooks weren't so expensive. Um, but, it wasn't as impactful for me, uh, obviously, because I was so much later to the, the game and sure. uh, I was already watching the movies on DVD and all that fun stuff. So, you know, it, it and I missed the big, you know, the big rush. I still kind of wish I could get that original saga release, but it's just so expensive online nowadays. So it's because the original one, you know, is the first one and it's usually mm-hmm. expensive. Um, and you know, always check but, eBay. eBay is always a nice alternative. That's true. Um, but yeah, Forget it was, <laughs> it was, yeah. It, well, and I, I should say, you know, I actually, I bought a Blu-ray player when it was announced that they were coming out. Cause I didn't have one either. And I had no interest mm-hmm. in getting one until, um, so at the top of the episode, I, I played the commercial, the TV commercial that announced the Blu-ray release. So, um, that's why it's nice. there. And it's actually a really, I, I found it a really intelligent commercial too, because it kind of, tells the story of star Wars in a minute and a half. Um, you know, uh, but, uh, yeah, like that was just, it was so big for me. Um, and in an interesting way, a, a lot of new pieces of technology I've bought, I've bought because of star Wars. Um, which is kind of funny because George, George yeah. Lucas specifically was always about like pushing envelopes and boundaries of technology. And because of him, you know, I bought a Blu-ray player because of him. I mean, because of Battlefront 2, I bought a PS4. Like, I, a lot of these things that I've bought, I've bought because of Star Wars. Oh, yeah. No, I, I bought my PS4 when I did because of the Battlefront bundle that was that was out there and everything. So, I mean, I wasn't, like, right on time with it. I was yeah, later. Yeah, I um, think I was a little late, but, too, but that, I wouldn't have gotten one otherwise. Exactly. Yes. You know, I think I got it when Battlefront 2 was announced that it was coming. So I was like, well, I'm definitely going to have to get one now. And then I got the Battlefront bundle with the Darth Vader, uh, you know, PS4, um, you know, so that yeah. was pretty cool. Yeah. But um, is it my turn for number yes. three? Uh, I, Excellent. Not, not number three. Number five. Yeah. Well, well, whatever. The next one I'm talking about. Okay. Yes. yes. <laughs> I, sorry. I, it's so funny yeah. that we talked about how we were so awkward and uncomfortable in those early days, and it's like we're reverting to it all of a sudden tonight. <laughs> well, just a little bit. Just a little bit. It's like having flashbacks, folks. That's yeah. A, this is what this is what re- reminiscing does. Um, but the next one I've got here is the Disney buyout um, mm-hmm. because it really was sort of like a oh. Oh, it's going to keep going. I mean, we always kind of hoped it would, um, but we never dared to believe it. It was actually real. I think there were rumors for like the longest time, and we even talked about them on the podcast because uh, we we hadn't quite gotten to a year by the time the Disney buyout happened. Um, but there were rumors. I think that we talked about like in the year leading up to that. Um, 
that Star Wars was going to be coming back in some way. And I remember very vehemently saying, no, no, it's done. Mm -hmm. George Lucas isn't making anymore, which was true. George Lucas didn't make anymore. Um, I just didn't expect him to sell Star Wars. Um, But that happened and Disney bought it and we're like, oh, this is going to, and this is going to keep going. And it was just sort of like riding a wave of, you know, what the, the new big thing, which was weird because Star Wars was never like, you know, at least when I was aware of it, was never like the biggest thing in pop culture. I mean, yes, it was in many extent during the, the summers that the prequel movies came out, but I was never like the leading edge of a trend. <laughs> and for some reason, being a longtime Star Wars fan and on the, the leading edge of knowing about Star Wars and it coming back kind of made me the cool kid again, all of a sudden. And all my friends were like texting me. I remember, you know, biking home from school uh, and my phone blowing up in my pocket. And I'm like, <laughs> I'm riding a bike. I can't stop and answer it. And I. <laughs> up to the apartment and i've got dozens of text messages uh about the announcement and carl is like can you record um (laughs) so (laughs) i was like yes i can record just give me 20 minutes (laughs) you know so um but yeah and it was just crazy to be on the leading edge of something like that and be able to talk about it and be like i don't know what's gonna happen but hopefully it's cool. So, <laughs> and it really was just like, okay, we're, we're in for a ride. That's a whole new ball game with star Wars now. And that was really kind of one of the big things. It was like, okay, let's see what this new world is. So it was a big day, very big day. And yeah, that's obviously the next thing um, I wanted to talk about. Today, I am proud to announce the Walt Disney Company is acquiring Lucasfilm, the global entertainment company founded by George Lucas and the home of the legendary Star Wars franchise. All right. And then I just wanted to play a clip of what the maker himself had to say to remind folks how important George's words are from all the way back in 2012. Company into that. And uh, I felt it was time for me to... Uh, start thinking about retiring, and I've been doing that for the last uh, four years. Uh, and one of the most important uh, shifts that I had was I found Kathy Kennedy, who I'd been working with for 40 years, uh, and asked her if she wanted to come and be a co-chairman with me and get ready to take over the company and take over the franchise and do everything. And once that piece was in place, I knew then I could step away and actually retire. Uh, the final block in that would, was to um, find a good, solid home for the company. And um, the first place I thought was uh, Disney. Uh, so there, you, you know, it, this was, that was the, you know, that was the official announcement that Bob Iger and George Lucas gave together, um, you know, all those years ago. I think sometimes it's, it's easy to forget how, uh, how big that was. And like you said, Jason, it I was of the same opinion. Like I talked about last week with, you know, going to revenge of the Sith at midnight and this little kind of bittersweet feeling in my heart of like, ah, no more star Wars on the big screen. This kind of sucks. 
because I'm, you know, I'm still only in my 20s. Like, I got a lot of life ahead of me. I want more Star Wars. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, and then October of 2012 rolls around. I mean, this is just a year into us doing a podcast, too. And you get mm-hmm. this huge announcement where George decides to um, hand over the company to Disney. And he was very confident in the decision he made, very intentional and confident in choosing and appointing Kathleen Kennedy to steer the ship for the future. Um, and you know, it was just huge. And I remember the, like you said, Jason, it was just like this, it's like, Oh my God, is this real? And the first person mm-hmm. to text me was Chris, Chris Smith from the Sarlacc pit. Cause at that point he and I were, you know, good buddies. Um, and he told me, and then I called you like three times and I'm like, why is it going to voicemail? Jason answer. Um, <laughs> just totally ignoring the fact that you're in college. Um, and <laughs> you know, like it was, it was this great day and I'm so glad that we, even though it was really only a year into the like star Wars podcast and community at that point, we'd already made a, enough friends that it was, it was like a family check-in day. It was like everybody, you know, it's like when your family calls to say that someone's engaged or having a baby, right? Like it's this huge thing that you want, right. you want to share that joy with everybody, you know, who cares. And it was this great day of just, you know, texting tons of close friends and messaging people and hopping on a podcast. And I think we even had some of our, you know, friends who also podcasted hopped on with us. And I mean, it was just such a time of celebration because of the immense possibilities of what Star Wars could continue to be. Um, and I think, I, you know, I'm really glad that we're talking about this tonight because I think it's something that we as a as fandom today has somewhat lost sight of. Um, you know, there's, there is this very toxic, you know, toxic community in the Star Wars population that loves to bash on Kathleen Kennedy and bash on Disney Star Wars, um, just for the sense of they enjoy creating conflict. Um, but if you really look at the heart of this decision and what it was really about, it was about continuing the spreading of the joy of Star Wars. And that's exactly what Disney has done. Has there been some missteps? Of course. Like there have been things that haven't worked for me and obviously for other folks as well. But I think at the core of it, the majority of us Star Wars fans are so delighted that we get new Star Wars content regularly now. I mean, Disney has shot Star Wars with an adrenaline boost that's lasted for a decade now nearly a decade. Mm -hmm. Like, um, it's awesome. Like, I'm so glad that it happened. And that was a huge day to just, we all got to start dreaming big about what the future of star Wars was going to be. Um, and it's really cool too, because I remember when I was reading the, the making of star Wars book by JW Rinsler, George's earliest conceptions of what he wanted to do with star Wars was to eventually make all these branch off stories, have different directors, writers, and creators come in to really diversify the story of star Wars And that's finally what happened when it got taken over by Disney. So it's like everything that's happening now is because George blessed it and sent it forth, (laughs) you know? Um, So I just, I think that's important for us to check in and remember, especially with some of the toxicity that exists these days. I mean, obviously we were super excited about it because it was new Star Wars coming. Granted, there was a level of apprehension because it's like, well, is it going to be any good? Mm. Um, Let's not lose sight of the fact that we were, for the most part, as a whole community, absolutely ecstatic that we were getting new Star Wars, you know, and and I feel like that joy and that excitement has just left the community now. Mm-hmm. It's it's really not there anymore. Um, 
and you know uh, that's sad to me so yeah yeah but it was a great time and you know and again we've gotten i think people you know yes and i i i'm sure i had a, some level of apprehension too of like oh what's this going to be what if it what if it ruins star wars i don't think i ever thought that though i think it, all the initial reactions no. were just like excitement and joy um and yeah. You know, that's that's an opportunity we continue to get to have. Um, but the Disney acquisition, like that was a day that I don't think any of us will ever forget. No matter where you stand with Disney Star Wars projects, that day that it was announced, though, we all knew we were getting more Star Wars at a time when we never thought that would happen. And that's pretty damn hard to replicate that excitement. Yeah, no, it, it really is. And I'm sorry, Carl, can I take yeah. a serious tangent for just one second? Yeah, of course. If one scene or one movie or something like that ruins your enjoyment of something that you've enjoyed since childhood, then you're not taking proper care of what you enjoyed in the first place. Um, you can still enjoy what you had, you know, whether it be the, the, the original trilogy, the uh, original six saga, um, the sequel trilogy, whatever that is, you can still have that still enjoy that and not have that be ruined by something else that comes along that you don't like that is possible i just want to put that out there folks you know if you say that you know for example uh you know the, the most controversial star wars movie that came out was the last jedi you come out here and say well the last jedi ruined star wars for me well then you're not really taking care of the star wars that you had to begin with um, you know, if you, if, if something like, if your disappointment in one movie ruins an entire franchise for you, it's not the franchise's problem. It's yours. Uh, and you have to make the decision to let one part of it go because the entire franchise cannot be catered to everyone. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry to get serious about this, but it really this is a this is an issue that is becoming more and more prevalent nowadays. And I I I'm not on social media in large part because of this. Um, so yeah, I think that's totally fair. And you know, um, I think in a lot of ways, this specifically the sequel trilogy. I don't think the majority of fans have big issues with either Rogue One or Solo. Um, you know, some people are like, eh, it's not my favorite, but nobody has like issues with it. Like they do with episodes eight and nine. Um, mm -hmm. and, and I think it's important to note that it, that's okay. That yeah, if you have issues, um, yeah, but yeah like I, you know, I, it's sad when that, when that means like, oh, you have to abandon this thing you've loved forever. Um, you know, I, I but I also, but I also wanted to credit the fact that if that's where you fall, that's where you fall. I mean, when something breaks your heart, it breaks your heart and maybe it takes a while to put the pieces back together or maybe you just choose to walk away. Not, you know, for whatever reason, you know, um, you know, I, th I think this is a truth that happens with people in religion. Um, you yeah. know, religions, you know, I grew up Catholic and was Catholic most of my life. And there was constantly things that I was enraged about, you know, the, the ignorance and <laughs> bigotry of the Catholic tradition. Um, and eventually I just said, you know what, I'm done. I'm done with this place. Cause I found a place that's more liberating and more and more inviting. Um, so, you know, like 
I think you can maybe reach a breaking point though. You know, so I, I think there's a balance is all I want to say. Um, but, but, you know, I think it, it is important to note that, um, yeah, it's I, like what I hear you saying more than anything is it's almost, it's almost sad for us as folks who continue to love Star Wars so intensely to see folks we know who also love Star Wars very intensely walk away from it, right? Like it's hard because it's like a family member leaving yeah. the family, right? Like it, that's, that's a hard thing to see. Yeah. And, and, and I, I want to be careful about what I'm saying because I, I want to make sure I'm saying that, you know, one thing shouldn't take away your enjoyment of the other stuff, Yeah, you know, and that's, that's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Um, yeah, no, for sure. I, I, I totally get it. Right. Like, um, you know, it, it, and I think there's, there's a, a decent piece of, um, advice almost there that you're given Jason, which is just, you know, if there's something that really bothered you that much, just let it go and, and just continue to latch onto what you love. Right. Um, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? It's like yeah. Rose said, you know, save what we love. So, mm-hmm. um, we're not trying to destroy what we hate, but save what we love. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Which I think is the truest statements to ever come out of star Wars. So yes, <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, no, that's great. I, I I appreciate that that point you you brought up, Jason. Um, well, I'm going to continue to ride our uh, <laughs> our our pony here into the first Force Friday, um, which happened oh. on September 4th, 2015. I had never been to a midnight release of Star Wars toys before. Obviously, I went to Toys R Us, which sad to say, R.I.P. Toys R Us. Um, but I in 2015. I was so excited. Like, again, like I'm obviously very much an adult. I had a car. I could go to Toys R Us at midnight if I wanted to. And I, um, at the time I had uh, a really wonderful partner and she came with me and I was so excited because they wanted to celebrate it with me. This, you know, this exciting, like I'm going to Toys R Us in my, jeepers, was I almost 30 years old? And my, you know, my partner was like, I want to go with you. I want to enjoy this. And while, you know, she and I are no longer together, um, the, one of the lessons I learned through that first Friday is, is I definitely want to make sure that I always, whoever my partner continues to be, I want it to be someone that will celebrate Star Wars with me, even if they're not a particular fan. Um, but as we were waiting in line that night, cause we were literally the second and third people in line. There was one person there before us. And when we were waiting in line, there was a guy from a local NPR station coming by asking if he could interview people. And, um, I was like, heck yeah, interview me. I do a podcast too. Who get me. Um, so he came and asked me some questions. I felt so cool. Um, and then standing right behind us in line was a gentleman named Greg and he and I just struck up a conversation, um, immediately just with, I, I was just like, I was really, really, I really liked the guy. And when, I mean, we were in line cause I think we got there at like nine 30 and we were in line, you know, till midnight and Greg and I were chatting for a long, long time. It was a fir- obviously the first time we ever met. And I remember as we were leaving that night, <laughs> my girlfriend said, do you think that guy knew more about Star Wars than you? And I was like, I think he does. <laughs> it was just like, um, you know, <laughs> you know, cause I think for so many of us, right. We're always the Star Wars person of our communities, right? Like our families know it, our, yeah. our work friends know it. But when you put us with other Star Wars 
the other Star Wars people, it's like, well, who's more, who's more Star Warsy? <laughs> you know what I mean? And I remember meeting Greg. He was, it was like the first guy I met that I was like, wow, he knows a lot more than I do. And, um, like similar to you though, it was like this connection that just was so spontaneous and wonderful. And, you know, um, he, he liked the Wampus Lair on Facebook. So I, I, you know, friended him and we started exchanging messages and decided like, we, we only lived like three miles apart. So we would meet at a mutual, like a in between place bar every week just to chit chat about star Wars. Cause neither of us had like star Wars friends in Boston at the time. And, and mm-hmm. then it just, you know, grew into this beautiful friendship and we built a star Wars family here in Boston together, um, Greg and I, and it was, it's been so wonderful for the past five, six years now. Um, so yeah, that, that first force Friday was just, again, an opportunity to make new friends and an opportunity just to <laughs> celebrate the love of new star Wars stuff coming out. That's awesome. That's really great. Um, yeah, I I do envy Carl and Greg's little Star Wars family up there in Boston. Um, I've got Joey here still in Tucson, but Kyle Baca has moved up to Phoenix, so I don't get to see him as often. Um, so, yeah, uh, my little circle has kind of expanded a little bit uh, in terms of, of where everyone's at. But... Um, no, that's awesome, and and of course, Greg has been on the show several times now. So, and and uh, we have now he has started his own hashtag based off our show called hashtag My Buddy Greg. So, <laughs> um, and for a while there was just like listing episodes where he was mentioned. Um, <laughs> so, <laughs> but um. Yeah, no, that's awesome. And I didn't get to do the Force Friday stuff. Um, it was, uh, I don't remember why I wasn't able to do the subsequent ones, but the first one, I was at a friend's wedding. Mm. Um, like, I was one of the groomsmen, I was in the wedding, you know, that kind of thing. And the party lasted late into the night, and then we were hanging out afterwards. And, you know, I just, you know, there was no way I was going to be able to leave the hotel to go do a forced Friday at that point, you know, so none whatsoever, but the hotel was right across the street from a target. Uh, so the next morning after I had gotten packed and had breakfast, I still had a little bit of time. So I, I ran across the street to the target, uh, and I picked up, uh, Ray and Kylo Ren, uh, the six inch black series figures. So, yeah, that was, uh, I do remember doing that, uh, that, that first Force Friday. So back in 2015, gosh. Um, but yeah, that was, that was kind of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so I was like, oh, yeah. yes, I'll do this. Um, but yeah, it, I, I've never actually been able to, to do a midnight toy release, unfortunately. Um, myself, I've never stood out in line and done that. Um, not many places around here do it and um now toys r us is no longer around to be able to do something like that so but anyway i still remember them because i was always like the day after it was like you know they, they released and i was always there as soon as i could get there the next day just to see what was on the pegs so nice nice um where are you taking us next 
Um, I'm going to take us to Star Wars Rebels. And uh, overall, it was a fun show. Um, it's obviously not uh, my favorite Favorite animated show is uh, Clone Wars. But there was some definitely, uh, for a while there, it was a huge part of my Star Wars fandom because it was, you know, the animated show that was coming out at the time and all that fun stuff. And I got really invested in the ghost characters, primarily Kanan and Hera. Um, but, um, you know, it was just a, a, a new story. Uh, fleshing out a different area of Star Wars, uh, creating, you know, more fantastic characters that I was, uh, thoroughly enjoying. Um, and like I said, Kanan and Hera for, uh, the most part were the ones that have really stuck with me since the show has come and gone. Um, but some of the most memorable parts of the show and most impactful parts of the show to me, uh, were one obviously the Ahsoka versus Vader confrontation in season two and the build up to that because it was you know hinted at at the very beginning of the season and then finally it was the end of the season where that culminated. Um, and then I, we've talked about it many times before, but Kanan's sacrifice is the uh, the one that has you know really been. Uh, the moment that stuck with me from the show because it's so impactful and the first moment in a Star Wars property ever that I have just spontaneously burst into tears. You know, <laughs> I don't normally do that, mm. but that that did it for me. So, um, but... Star Wars Rebels was a big deal for a while there, and it was a very impactful part of my my fandom for a few years. And we talked a lot about it on the show. So, yeah, um, yeah. I mean, it's it's a great show. I mean, it was, it was obviously Disney's first Star Wars project, um, mm-hmm. and right, a lot of people were very confident about it because Dave Filoni was kind of heading the heading that ship. Um, and I will say, I mean, the the first season I love. It, it's my favorite season of the show. Um, and then it just started getting less exciting to me. Um, but I, you know, I, I love Kanan. I love Hera. I love the ghost family. Like I love that theme of star Wars, but there's, I mean, there's a lot of things about it that I just really don't think work for me. Um, but be that as it may, it was, especially those first, that first season, like I loved each week, each new episode, they were so good. And I do remember I drove down to, to New York city to watch it with like Joe Hogan and that group of friends. Um, because I, I didn't have a star Wars group in, in Boston at the time. So I drove down to New York to watch it with all of them, the premiere. And, you know, we were all like, that was fun, but not necessarily hooked. But by the, the like mid of the middle of the first season, I was so hooked and specifically cause I loved Kanan so much. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, it's, it was a really good first outing for star, star uh, Disney star Wars, I would say. Yeah, it, it was, it was very, uh, you know, impressive and, uh, it was great to have the, uh, the continuity of Dave Filoni, you know, crossing from clone wars to rebels, you know, uh, it was still a Lucasfilm project, but now it was, you know, it was Disney. So Disney Lucasfilm. So that continuity was nice to have, at least for me. Yeah, um, yeah absolutely. I, I'm, a, I'm a very big fan of, of what he does for the most part. Um, what about you? What's the next one you've got? Well, I'm going to skip ahead quite a bit. 
um, and go to a scene from the movie Solo because uh, I couldn't go through uh, tonight's episode without mentioning something specific from this movie because it is definitely by far my favorite uh, Disney Star Wars um, so what's product. your stop story, Flyboy? Oh, me? You're after something. I know the look. What is it? Revenge? No, it's not revenge. Look at him. If it's anything, it's a girl. Oh, a girl. Tell us about the girl, hon. Is she nice? Does she have sharp teeth? There was a girl. But, uh, I got out. She didn't. I swore to myself I'd become a pilot, get a ship, go back and find her. That's what I'm going to do right after this job. How do you know she'll still be there? I just know. Personally, I refuse to be tied down by anyone, though many have tried. Come on, Rio. You don't fool me. Everybody needs somebody. Even a broken down old crook like this one. How about you? What are you going to do with your share? What was he saying? He said the Wookiees were enslaved by the Empire, taken off Kashyyyk. He's searching for his, uh... I don't know if he said tribe or family. What's the difference? Love that scene. It is one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars. Um, this campfire scene is uh, its so definitive of why I love that movie and why that movie spoke to me so much at that particular time in my life when it came out in 2018. And, you know, it, this the story part itself, you know, it's its this very typical Western uh, scene from a movie where you've got the, you know, your, your heroes sitting around a campfire talking about their hopes and dreams, right? What are they looking to get out of their lives? What are they after? Um, right. This is, this is such a typical Western trope. And these are always the types of scenes that I prefer in any kind of, any kind of story is I love good character moments. And, um, this is a great opportunity really, uh, for Beckett Vale and Rio to learn, that Han's actually a good guy. Like he is a good guy. Um, you know, all he's after is getting someone out of a terrible situation. He's in love with somebody and he wants to get her out of, out of hell. I mean, um, and the way that uh, I love the way Tandy Newton plays that scene, the way she just smiles when Han says, says the stuff he says about Kira and going back to get her. Like, I think she recognizes right there. Like, this is a good guy. Like this is a good person. Um, and you know, Han, Han, dreams that he and Kira will be able to then go adventure together. Just like as he's staring across that fire, as he sees that's exactly what Becca Beckett and uh, Val have together. And when they kiss and that beautiful shot that of, of Han smiling, cause he sees the reality of what he hopes for and what he dreams for. And I remember at that point in my life, um, this was, this was right after, uh, you know, a person that I loved very much had, had, had broken up with me and, I had, you know, I, I, you know, got these great friends in my life, uh, my friends, Tamara and Sarah, and they were so madly in love with each other that their love just kind of transformed me and um, helped me 
you know, kind of look across the fire and, and see reflected in them, like the possibility that, oh, yeah, I, I'm going to find incredible love again someday, too, because I'm looking th- at the reality of it right right now with the two of them. Um, so that scene really connected for me. And and then when Han turns to Chewie, it's like this is the basis of why Chewie and Han end up together, because they both care about the other person's story. Right. Han says mm-hmm. nobody asked Chewie what he's going to do, but Han does. And then Han, I, I love the physical acting of Alden in that scene, too. He kind of like almost scoots his butt a little bit so he can turn and look more closely to, at Chewie. Like he's really acknowledging him as a person. And then, you know, the closing line of like, he, I don't know if he said tribe or family. What's the difference? Right. Mm. Our Star Wars tribe is our Star Wars family. There's no difference. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I just love that moment in Solo so much. Yeah. No, it's it's a great moment and it's a great movie. So, uh, you know, I I don't have any moments from it here for this list, but I freaking love Solo. It's such a good movie. Um and and I need to go back and watch it again uh, <laughs> and listen to the soundtrack again and all that stuff like uh it's been on my list to do, but I'm in the middle of a couple of other watch-throughs of different things so it's it's on the list it's on the list um but i love it so i love that it's here because we um we actually got to see that movie together carl yes it's the only star wars movie new star wars movie we saw together in theaters yes yeah so that was a fun experience, even if the theater itself that we saw it in oh, was not so great. It was awful. <laughs> it was terrible. Um, and the people that decided to plunk themselves down in the row right next to us were annoying as hell. Yes. Because uh, they kept walking through the movie. Um, but, you know, that, was, that wasn't the point for us. So we, we made it work. Um, but... I'm glad I'm glad a moment from Solo is on here uh, because it deserves it. Um, I'm going to just jump back a couple of years to Rogue One. Nice. Um, and particularly the the master switch scene mm-hmm. uh, from that movie. Um, obviously, it is the culmination of Chirrut's character. But so many of the other characters are, are wrapped up and involved in that whole sequence. Um that it really is sort of the heart of what these characters have become in the movie. Um, they've, you know, come from disparate backgrounds and uh, goals to be this cohesive team that is ready to sacrifice themselves for the greater good, for the rebels, for, you know, to, to stop the empire. Um, and, and all of that just comes together and culminates for me with Chirrut walking out there uh, to the master switch. So it's so good. It's so very, very good. And he is probably my favorite character from the Disney Star Wars era, the, that's made specifically for the Disney Star Wars era. If, if not my favorite, he is definitely in the top three uh, Disney Star Wars characters for me. So... I absolutely love Chirrut and the new way that he looked at the Force and, well, was connected to the Force, I should say. Um, but yeah, go ahead and play it.
get I get amped and excited and kind of chills every time I hear the music. So I love it. Yeah, love Rogue it One's so such a good score. Michael Giacchino crushed it. Oh. Carl, I'm getting chills right now. <laughs> yeah. Down the back of my neck. I am not lying. God, it's so good. It's so very, very good. And this scene is probably my favorite scene. I won't say in the entire Disney Star Wars era, but it is definitely my favorite scene in Rogue One. Mm. So, um, but it's 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 a highlight for the Disney Star Wars era, and one of my favorite scenes that we've gotten out of Star Wars just in general. So. Um, I absolutely love it so much. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's such, it's such a great scene, you know, um, cheer it kind of doing something we'd never seen done in star Wars before, which was a non Jedi kind of go out and use the force. Um, you right. know, and, and, and rely. What, yeah, rely on the force. Yeah. Cause he's not really using it. He's just trusting in it and it, and it kind mm-hmm. of works for him. You know, yeah. Um, and it almost like in my own little headcanon, you know, the death troopers can't hit him. I mean, they're clearly trying and we would assume they're not stormtroopers like these guys can actually hit stuff, <laughs> you know. Um, so the fact that they can't hit him, they probably just realize, all right, well, something's off and they just shoot the master switch and, ex- you know, use that as a bomb on him, <laughs> really. Um, so, you know, the force really does protect him. Um and and obviously it, it, that that moment changes Bay you know brings Bay's back to the light. It's a literal walk of faith. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> and hundred percent. And that is one of the best things to see in Star Wars, in my opinion, is is to see someone believe in the good and the the Force and and all that like that. So it's uh, it's so pure, um, which is you know obviously point of cheer it in that movie is to be the pure good character uh for the rest of this ragtag band of scoundrels and ruffians so (laughs) yeah yeah that's such a i'm so glad you brought that up from because i'm glad we got some rogue one love in here um deserves Mm it um so you have do you have two left i have two left okay well, my next one, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch the orders. So these aren't particularly chronological at this point, but they're both very recent things in my Star Wars fandom. And I kind of want to save the more fun one for last. So the <laughs> next one I want to just bring out is the closing scene of Rise of Skywalker. And I know there's a lot of people that don't like that movie in general or this scene in particular, but don't care. I love it. Um, when Ray goes back to Tatooine and buries the sabers of Luke and Leia... And then takes the name Skywalker, I think is one of the most powerful scenes in all of Star Wars. I love it. Um, And it's, you know, there was so much writing on episode nine. There was a lot of stuff to try to to finish. And I, again, we, we, you know, we talked about this before the movie even came out about how, how unenviable we were of JJ Abrams having to finish not only the trilogy, but the saga. 
And right. again, where it stands now, I still don't think it it's very successful at doing either of those things. But as a standalone movie and the story of Ray within that movie is just top notch to me. And this scene in particular, Ray goes there to bury the past. She goes there to honor her mentors and leave them in this kind of sacred place. And, you know, there's been so many conversations about, well, Tatooine was a boring place to Luke and Leo and was never even there. Yes, I get that. But to dismiss the reality that Tatooine is kind of the origin place of the Star Wars story, I think is foolish because that's where Luke is from. And that is where Anakin is from. That is where Shmi is from, the mother of Skywalkers. So for Ray yes. to go back there and to bury those sabers, I think within the story itself, it is about burying the past. Um, and I think that's what she as a character is doing as well is, is she's letting go of everything that came before. She's putting it to rest. It's not a, I hate this. I'm going to kill the past. She's going to bury the past. There's a difference, right? Um, there's kind of, you lay it to rest as opposed to killing it, right? Like Kylo tried to kill it. That was the wrong thing to do. Ray buries it. She lets it lie and lets it be at peace because she's helped restore everything that was out of balance. And then Ray takes this, the most sacred name in star Wars, right? Again, like there is a little bit of breaking the fourth wall to some degree. Cause I really do think that Ray is us as Star Wars fans, Ray is the one who know, you know, I thought that was just a myth referring to Luke Skywalker and Force Awakens, right? Like Ray is all of us who grew up loving Star Wars and she gets to become part of that story by becoming a Skywalker herself. Uh, to me, the biggest problematic thing of episode nine is that she was Palpatine. She was a Palpatine. I still think that's really silly and we didn't need it, but be that as it may, I love that she takes the name Skywalker and I love that she's not a Skywalker by blood. Because again, I, I told this story, you know, a while ago when I was, uh, when the movie had first come out, but that story and the reason, and this is the reason I fell in love with Ray, um, is because I saw in her that this was somebody who could take something that wasn't particularly yours to have, but make it your own. And, um, you know, what I'm alluding to here is the fact that I did finally in 20, 2018, 2019, walk away from a religious tradition that had been my entire life. I'd worked in it my entire life and I, I laid it to rest. I buried it and I rose and became part of this other tradition. That was something new for me. Um, and I just connected so deeply with that moment with Ray. Cause it's like, we can, we can let go of the things that hurt us and the things that let us down and become part of something that gave us life. And um, so that's that's how I connected so much to to that moment with Ray, um, and and I just love it. Yeah, I I don't have the, the sort of personal connection that you do to this scene, but I still think this is one of the you know the best scenes in the Rise of Skywalker. It's fantastic um, because she gets to make the choice as to what she's doing. You know. The, the Skywalker line, Luke and Leia, and to an extent Anakin uh, represented there through that saber, um, are finally able to rest. They don't have to have the weight of the galaxy on their shoulders anymore. They're able to, to go off into the Force and become one with the Force and to, to finally be at peace, um, buried in the same ground that Shmi is, you know, bringing it all back to that. Um, 
and she gets to make the choice as to who she is and where she goes from here. And, and she does make that choice. She takes the name, which not only is to honor her teachers, Luke and Leia, but it gives her a level of responsibility Mm -hmm. to sort of watch the galaxy now to take care of things. Uh, And it was a role that she never wanted at first, you know, something she never wanted to get involved with back in the force awakens. She didn't want to be involved. She wanted to go back to Jakku and just live her life. But now at the end, after all of this, she's, she has decided she's going to do this. She's going to be the one to watch, the one to continue the tradition, the one to protect. Uh, and in not only to honor her trainer, her, her, her teachers, but in order to seal that commitment to the greater galaxy, she takes the name Skywalker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it's a fantastic thing in the story um, and a great way to sort of end the saga because while the saga itself, the, the nine movie saga itself is over, there will be someone to go on and continue watching and to continue protecting. Yeah. So, well, and I, and I think um, it's so significant that she has a, a gold lightsaber, um, right? Which God, we, you know, cool. the, the temple guards have that because they're the guardians of the Jedi order. Ray is now, she's the guardian of that story. Now she's the one who's going to pass mm-hmm. on, the the future of the Jedi, um, she's the guardian of all of that now, um, and I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, we we need um, we need some some replicas of that lightsaber, folks. Oh yeah, I really want her gold lightsaber so bad. So it's so cool. Yeah, I finally got to see her make it out of her staff. Yes, like I know, I, I know. I wanted that from episode. Uh, episode seven, and we finally got it in the final minutes of episode nine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, kind, kind of like uh, how in uh, the prequel trilogy, we wanted episode one to see Darth Vader, but we had to wait till the last seconds <laughs> to see yep. the suit. Um, Very true. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, well, what's um, your what's your final final moment here? I've got two more. Oh, okay. Um, so. Uh, I'm going to switch them up though, because uh, I want to save the fun one for last. Um, not the, this one isn't, but, uh, this take took place at celebration Chicago. And this is when I finally got to, uh, finally got to meet and shake hands with Ahmed best. So, um, it was a huge moment for me, uh, because of, how important, obviously, Jar Jar was to me throughout my entire fandom, and most importantly, my early fandom. <laughs> um, so it was very formative. He was obviously very formative uh, in my Star Wars experience at the time, and has always kind of been there and stuck there through me, uh, through things with me. And uh, I identified with him in many cases um, as sort of an awkward, uh, kind of out of step with the rest of people 
a person sometimes. So, uh, and, and I am a little clumsy as Carl will attest. Yep. Um, so <laughs> just trip over myself walking down the street. Um, but being able to finally get to see him at a celebration and just see the reception that he got, um, not only, you know, in terms of the, the line for autographs and photo ops, which I got both, which is amazing. Uh, and I got completely starstruck and all tongue tied when I walked up to get the autograph. Um, it just, I, I didn't know what to say. Everything I wanted to say just went out of my head and I didn't know what to say. Um, but then to see the, the, the panel, the Phantom Menace retrospective panel and just the uproarious applause he got when he walked on stage that went on for a good minute or two um, was so good for me. Um, I am not ashamed to say I cried at that moment um, to finally see him <laughs> accepted and welcomed after so many years of, you know, the ridicule that he went through for being Jar Jar Banks um, and the, the ridicule that the character has gotten and still gets to some lesser extent. Um, but yeah, uh, that was just a really, <laughs> a really fantastic and wonderful thing for my heart <laughs> at the time. Yeah. I mean, you got to meet your Star Wars hero. Like, that's so cool. I did. Yeah. Yeah, I, did. I love that. I loved, and I, I remember just how excited you were that day. And afterwards, it was awesome. Like, you know, th- these those experiences are obviously very brief, um, but <laughs> it was just, you know. And I'm sure, I'm sure you weren't the only one that thanked him for being thanked him for Jar Jar that day. But for you no. to be able to do that still is like, in a weird way, that's still a gift for you more than him. Like. You know, like you said, like the, the the love he got at that that celebration and the ova- the standing ovations he got, you know, that it was this complete undoing of all the toxicity that he faced back in 99 and 2000. Um, but for you as an individual who did connect with him and connected with that character that he brought to life to just be able to say thank you, like it's like you got to you got to say thank you to the person that made you in part fall in love with Star Wars. Like, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Yeah, it was very. Oh, gosh, you're. Just putting it like that, Carl, you're giving me chills all over again because I'm, I'm flashing <laughs> back right now. So, gosh, uh, it was so good. It was so very, very good. And I hope he's at future celebrations because I'd like to say something more eloquent next time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't worry about it. You, you, so, being ineloquent is, is, is part of the gift that he, he, he gave you by being Jar Jar. So what's this? Uh, fair, fair enough. That's true. <laughs> um, Yeah. Uh, I, the ability to speak does not make you intelligent. All right. Anyway, Misa called Jaja Pinks. But yeah. Um, Misa, yeah, I'm a serpent. That won't be necessary. Oh, but it is. It is demanded by the gods, it is. Oh, no! <laughs> <laughs> oh good. That's uh, awesome. I, I, lo- I love it. Every line of Jar Jar Pinks. So, anyway. But uh, what about you? You got one more? I have one left. You got two more? Nope, just one. One left. One left. Just um, one. One yeah. left. So do one. It yeah. might be the same. Um, well, I, it's, uh, it's kind of a two for one. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a movie scene. 
that I saw in a whole new way thanks to a particular trip to California. My heart is wrong, Darth Vader. And Chenko Vaskimo geared to the Death Star. Us, Michi, and Geta, Obi-Wan Kenobi. I manamachu Vader con yum-num. Utape. Yes, R2, I was just coming to that. Toronto, gosh. Master Luke at Chimney Chudu. Uta Millennium Falcon at Chimney Cloud City. What's Nutch Vader. Han Solo. Tikolo Carbon. Wonder Kachnam. Gubu Salak. Oh. Um, the, the, you know, the bedtime story there is, oh, such a great scene. Um, I've always enjoyed that scene, but it kind of went to a whole new level when you and I went to the Northern part of California to go into some of the very redwoods where they filmed return of the Jedi. And we had just this idea to make a battle of Endor mockumentary. Yes. It's still the most fun I've ever had doing anything related to star Wars. I got to do it with you. My, you know, my number one star Wars co-pilot here. Um, and we just had so much fun doing this, but it, for whatever reason, when we were in those woods, I just felt like this innate connection to the Ewoks. Um, and it's so funny because I kind of connect that back to something I talked about in the first episode that we did with this series. And, you know, I, as a kid, I always loved the Ewoks because they were the indigenous people of the Star Wars galaxy. And growing up, like I, like I had said, you know, indigenous Native Americans were always something I was fascinated by and loved learning about. So having the Ewoks was a great continuation of that. And that's why when I came home from that summer... I fell in love with the Ewoks cartoon, started rewatching the movies a bunch. Um, but this scene in particular means so much to me now because this is really a story where 3PO is telling the Ewoks why they should join the fight, right? He's trying to recruit them at the end of the day. He's telling them the merits of the Rebel Alliance story. He's telling them why these are the good guys and they're worth joining in the fight. And in an interesting kind of roundabout way, I feel like that's what I always hope to do with this podcast is tell people why it's so good to keep falling in love with Star Wars, right? That this story, this story that's continually expanding and growing and changing, it's a story worth telling. And and I want to tell about my love for it every week for the rest of my life. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like, um, and that's kind of in a weird way, this podcast has also become an opportunity for me to channel my inner three PO and constantly tell the story about why we should love star Wars so much. Yeah. Oh no, that's awesome. Um, I, I had so much fun making that with you and then coming home and editing it together and it's on our YouTube. Um, we should probably share it after this episode again. Yeah. Just so people can check it out again because it's so fun. It's so very, very fun and I love it. Um, but I, I do love the idea that, that this is, this is our way to tell that story and to encourage people to keep falling in love with star Wars and, uh, you know, whether it's, you know, all of it, you know, part of it, you know, things like that. Um, introduce you to things that you may not have known about or, or didn't think about before, you know, things like that. So, so much good 
stuff. Um, and we really do try to, to do a lot of that. Um, my last moment is definitely connected to all of this because it is the trips that you and I have taken to California together. Um, so, you know, from everything from getting to go to Rancho Obi-Wan to, you know, walking through the Redwoods with you and just getting to hang out and talk Star Wars and listen to Star Wars music and quote the movies back and forth, you know, it's just, it was just so much fun, you know, every day, uh, getting to do all that with you and, and just the way we were able to <laughs> immerse ourselves in our own little Star Wars world for a few days, uh, you know, those two summers, um, was amazing. So, and this, this mockumentary we made is definitely a highlight of all of that because we had a ton of fun and we really did get to go to Endor itself. I will never forget walking into that little park, um, and walking down the trails and going, this is the speeder bike path. Like this is where they went, you know, and <laughs> coming around the corner, seeing that log that's, you know, fallen over that they, you know, zoom underneath and going, Oh my gosh it's right there you know it yeah. was so cool it was so very very cool <laughs> yes yes it was i mean there are few experiences in my life that have rivaled that time in in california and and both those trips we did you know the first one to just go to rancho for the first time and go to San Francisco for the first time, bop around, you know, San Marin County where, you know, George filmed his first, uh, big blockbuster. Um, oh my gosh, blanking on it. Uh, American graffiti. Uh, no, we just, it was like, they were two, two summers in a row where we got to kind of take star Wars. I mean, we, I called them star Wars pilgrimages and that's exactly what they were. And like you, Jason, there's no one I'd rather do have done them with. Um, because I think, when you and I get to be physically together, you know, I mean, it's so great doing the podcast, but I think as so many of us probably know right now in the midst of this pandemic, how hard it is to just maintain relationships online. There is something so special about that physical presence. Um, you know, just like you said, like when we, when we drove up to that, to California, you know, we were staying with Matt Cranky and his family in, in Sacramento yeah. and drove all the way up to the Northern Redwoods. I mean, that was a good four, four and a half hour drive, but the whole, the entire ride, there wasn't a second of silence between us quoting through Phantom Menace and then just listening to Star Wars music. Um, yeah. I mean, it's just, we, we have so much fun together, you and I, and you know, the first time we did San Francisco, we each, each night, cause I think we were there three nights and each night we watched a prequel movie cause we had never watched them together, sat down. So we sat down in front of my laptop and just put them on each night. And, um, what? it was so fun watching the prequel trilogy with you because it's, it's your preferred trilogy, you know, like, um, so it was so much fun and, and, you know, uh, yeah, I think at the end of the day, that's, you know, why my modern fandom is the best place my fandom has ever been, because I have such incredible people like you to share it with. Yeah, I agree. I agree. That's that's been the most important part of my fandom uh, overall in general. And it all really has started in this modern part of it and is why I have that that delineation between the middle part of my fandom and the modern part of my fandom is because that's when I got connected to people. Yeah. Um, and, and obviously you in particular, cause here we are 
Yeah. Almost yeah. 10 years later. Yeah. Uh, just still going at it, talking Star Wars every week. I'm, I'm still not tired of you yet. So <laughs> I guess that's a good thing. I think it um, is because I'm surprised. You're the only person who stuck with me for a decade. So. <laughs> Uh, I mean, I've, I've been in Boston. Uh, it was, it was 11 years this summer. So, or 12 years this summer, no, 11 years this summer. Um, so I've been with you just one year less than that, but you're the only thing that's been consistent since I've moved to Boston. <laughs> so, um, but, uh, yeah, that's why folks, just so you know, oftentimes over the years off air, like I'm always trying to get Jason to move out here, but for whatever reason, he loves hot, ridiculous weather with no oceans, but whatever you do what you want. <laughs> Um, dry heat yes um, <laughs> well yeah I'll, you'll never have to begrudge having to shovel so that's at least good that's true um, that's true although there's so much dust in my car right now it's not even funny <laughs> um so <laughs> yeah well new england weather's pretty fun over the over the la- the end of last week we finally we got a couple of days of 60 degrees and now we're supposed to get snow tomorrow so it's awesome <laughs> gotta love new we england. hit a we hit a cold snap yeah, we had a cold snap here. It got pretty cold. Uh, there was snow in the mountains again this week, which was surprising. Um, but I don't know. Yeah. March is always just up and down all over the place here in yeah. Arizona. Tier two. So, <laughs> you know, anyway. But anyway, so there you go. talking about weather now, Carl. Yeah. So it's probably time to start wrapping the show. Absolutely. <laughs> So uh, this has been so fun, like getting to just look back on our fandom. And and once again, we really encourage you, whether you choose to send us some of these moments or not, just to maybe if you've listened this whole time, first and foremost, thank you, because obviously these are a little bit more personal type of stories about our Star Wars experience. Um, so if, if you've listened each week, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to our stories. Um, and hopefully if nothing else, it's inspired you to think a little bit more about your own fandom experience and those moments that have really drawn you deeper into your love of star Wars. Um, and like mm-hmm. we've said, you know, the last couple of weeks, please share those moments with us on our social media, send us an email, whatever. Um, we love to read those things. Yeah, no, it's, it's been a fantastic time. I've had a blast going back over, you know, all of these things with you, Carl. Um, it's, <laughs> it's made me sort of go back and appreciate how everything has changed over the years and yet still in some ways stayed very much the same. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, yep. There's, there's a lot of that out there, yeah. but uh, Carl, if people want to weigh in on any of their big impactful moments in their own star Wars fandom or, uh, you know, find the information for the, the giveaway that we're going to do the uh, Mandalorian and the child uh, black series figure, um, or anything else, where can they do that, sir? Yeah, well, b- real quick, because I forgot to mention this at the beginning of the show. Um, the first week of April, I'm proud to announce we're going to have our first ever kind of like big Star Wars guest. Um, I mean, big for us. Obviously, a lot of Star Wars podcasts get huge names all the time, and that's awesome. Good for them. I, I don't know how they do it. Um, and, and not to belittle this person at all, because they are huge to me. One of the most exciting people in Star Wars to me is Matthew Stover. So we are having Matthew Stover, the author of the Revenge of the Sith novel, the book Shatterpoint, Traitor, and Luke Skywalker in the Shadows of Mindor. He's written some fantastic, phenomenal Star Wars stories and novels. And to me, the 
the pinnacle of all Star Wars literature is, is, is Revenge of the Sith. So we're so excited to have him join us the, the first week of April. So if you have any questions you'd like us to ask him, um, be it about his other Star Wars works or Revenge of the Sith in particular, anything you might want to ask Matthew Stover, please feel free to send us an email with those questions um, because we'd be happy to, to pass some of those along when he's on the show in a couple of weeks. Yes, please. Um, I... I'm re-listening to the Revenge of the Sith novel. The first time I've really like dove back into the book since I've read it the first time back in like 2005 or six. Um, so, you know, I, I've gotten a lot of information and insight from the novel from Carl over the years, but this is like the first time I've really like gone back to the source material um, in many years. And I've only just started listening to it. And it's already impressive. So <laughs> I already like the way that he's telling the story. So it's very different, um, but unique in a really awesome way. So looking forward to this. But I'm not going to have super in-depth questions uh, for anything outside of Revenge of the Sith. So if you have any of those, please definitely send those in uh, to an email. And Carl, as yeah. always, where can people get in touch with us uh, uh, for this and anything else? Yeah, well, um, you can find us on Twitter at Wampas Lair. Um, you can email us at Wampas Lair Podcast at gmail.com. We're on Instagram at the underscore Wampas Lair. You can find us on Facebook at Wampas Lair Podcast. Anything else before we close down this car, uh, podcast, Carl? No, no. I, I'm excited to, to come back next week and look at our top four final four uh, scenes from This Is Madness. Yes, this is madness. This has been episode 418 of the Wampus Lair Podcast, Galactic Highlights Part 3. For Carl, I'm Jason, and we'll see you next time here in the Wampus Lair. She stole-